Hello again and welcome to yet another episode of Vacation Rental Success where we talk about anything and everything to do with vacation rentals. And this is episode number 15 and I'm your host, Heather Bayer. Well, it's been quite the week this week and we're absolutely delighted to announce the birth yesterday of Isla Takeo Bayer, Mike and Andrea's new daughter, my new granddaughter. She arrived at apparently breakneck speed at 11.09 yesterday morning and at £7.9. ounces. Uh, I haven't seen her yet, but uh, that will be later on today. But uh, the, uh, the, the slightly late arrival, she was four days overdue, uh, of Isla meant that our schedule was thrown to the winds over the last week or so because I've been uh, on, I suppose you call it, uh, on standby to go and pick up Aria, who's our 20-month-old granddaughter, and look after her while, uh, while Mike and Andrea were otherwise engaged. So I've had the, the pleasure of having a 20-month-old wandering around the place for the last four days. Uh, totally forgot what it's like to have a toddler around. But it's been absolutely wonderful. Can't wait to see the new baby today. And, uh, and I thought I would uh, get, the, uh, get the recording for this podcast done. Because of not being able to schedule really anything in, because I, I didn't know what was happening, we haven't got an interview this week, and it's just me for the next 40 minutes or so. And what I wanted to do this week was to look at reviews and how we get them. Because I, I'm asked this a lot by owners, you know, how do I get the five-star reviews? How, how do other people do it? You go onto their, their home away or their flip key listings, and you see the reams and reams of these five-star reviews. And people have asked me, you know, that they must do it themselves. They must get their friends and their relatives to go there and then write the reviews. Well, in fact, the procedure to to show a review is a little bit more, is a little bit harder than that. And I know that a friend or a relative could actually go and stay at a property and quite legitimately legitimately write a review. But in fact, most of them are absolutely real. They are visitors that have stayed at the places and they have genuinely enjoyed their stay so much that they're going to write a wonderful review for it. But it was interesting when I was looking through some reviews recently that I noticed there is there is a sort of pattern to them. If you spend some time looking at listings, go through the ones, particularly the ones that don't have a lot of five-star reviews. Go and look at the ones that have the four stars and the three stars. Now, sometimes you can read between the lines of a really negative review and find that the the guest had an axe to grind in some way. Maybe they caused some damage and there was a charge on the damage deposit, which is something that happened to me at Osprey uh, a number of years ago. Uh, And I'll come back to that in a short while. But uh, they often have an issue has arisen during their stay that really impacted their experience of it. So I've compiled a list of 25 ways to get a five-star review. Now, this is not to say that if you excel in just one of these 25 ways, that your guests are going to love you so much that they're going to spend the time to go on to the review site or go on to the listing site. 
and uh, and write something wonderful. You really have to have, I would say, 75% at least of these things right. Because it's quite amazing how memories are made and how memories can last if something goes wrong even very, very early on in the stay or very, very early on in the booking process. It can have quite an impact on how the overall vacation is experienced. So these 25 ways to five-star reviews, I'm going to put a list of them in, in the show notes, also with links back to some other articles I wrote on some of these things. So, so there might be one of the ways to get a review that I've actually written a complete blog post on in the past. So I'm going to put the links to those as well. So if there's something as you go through that you think, wow, yes, I could do that. Um, check back to the show notes and there may be a longer uh, blog post that describes it in more detail. So, you know, getting a really good review can start right at the very, very beginning in the inquiry stage. And I mention this because I book a lot of vacation rentals myself and I keep usually keep a log of all the communication right from the very beginning just so I've got something to refer back to if I ask a question, if there's an issue with with the payment process, I want to have a good record of it. And it's interesting that when I look back on some of those, that the initial inquiry is not responded to in the best way. So often they are canned responses. And that is not the best start for a vacation rental inquiry. Just think about it. Your guests are thinking about their holiday. They're getting excited about where they're going to go. And they've probably spent quite a lot of time with family, with friends, poring over listing sites. And they've been looking at the photographs. They've been getting excited. And the next step for them is to make the inquiry. It's to email or phone the owner and ask them the initial question. And you've got to remember that at this point, this stage, very, very early stage, people are worried about being scammed. They want to know that this is genuine and it's legitimate and the, the place actually exists because of all the media that's currently telling them that, that uh, they've got to be so careful to check this out at the very beginning. So I'm kicking off my 25 ways to five-star reviews with number one, which is the inquiry response. And I've read a lot of reviews say the whole process, the whole vacation was fantastic from beginning to end, from the first response to our inquiry. So people do remember, they do go back to the beginning and it sort of makes this, this package it's not just the experience on vacation, but it's how you respond to their very first inquiry that can have this big impact. So the, the, the inquiry response, you get a booking response and you can you probably get a lot of these. And a lot of them are what we call tire kickers. They are asking for information on numerous properties and they often send their own canned inquiry, which is the same one that goes to, let's say, 20 or 30 different properties asking exactly the same questions. And your first response could be, well, all this information is in the listing. And I've seen some of these come back, uh, 
In, in fact, I was looking at properties in Florida last uh, last year, and and I sent out a couple of these just to give it a go, see what happened. And I got a couple of bit shirty type of responses where owners said, the information you've asked for is seen in the listing. Please go there. And really what they're saying was, don't bother me. I'm not interested in your inquiry at all. I know you're making a lot of inquiries to other people. So just go to the listing. And that turned me off from the very beginning. It, it's moved me into my own inquiry response to making sure that every response I make is immediate. As soon as I get it, I send it out. It's personal and it's friendly. So what I mean by what I mean by immediate is have a I don't expect you to be up in the early hours of the morning responding to those inquiries that people are sending from their from their night job. But certainly first thing in the morning you get you see the inquiry and just send off a quick email to say thank you so much for considering our place. Be personal. Have a look at what they've asked in the inquiry and respond to that. You know, if they say something like, we, we want to spend my husband's 50th birthday at your place, then your response should include some reference to that. How great that you're thinking about coming for your husband's birthday. This would be a great venue. We have a local bakery that could do a fantastic cake for you. Just something like that. Reference back to their inquiry and you'll get a good response back from them. And I saw this in a review that uh, that I saw earlier on this week when somebody said in a review, we really enjoyed the process from the first inquiry. The owners seemed so friendly and welcoming. So number two, there's so much in the media about scams and people are wary. So your booking process has to create confidence. So whether you use a proprietary system, maybe you use the home away uh, or VRBO book now or book online system, or maybe you've got a, bill, a, a bolt-on uh, booking system from, an, from another company, make sure you've tested it and ask people what their experience was like with it. People who have booked before, you can just go back to them and say, did you find that process easy? So often you go into using these things and you've never actually tested them yourself or found out from other people what they thought about it. So the booking process needs to be seamless. You don't want to make people work for their vacation. It's got to be easy for them. Number three, payment systems. You need to make your payment system easy. Never, ever ask for money to be wired because that, that's what's happening in the media now is that uh, the media are suggesting that you never wire money because that uh, being asked for that is more than likely to be a scam. So that's, that's the first piece of advice on that one. Credit card payment, of course, is the easiest way. And if you're worried about the payment processing fee, then, then just add it onto the rental rate. Just you know, add 3%, 2% onto the rental rate and to cover your processing fees. You could also use PayPal. And I would recommend either credit card payment or PayPal if you're not using, obviously, if you're not using the listing site's uh, payment methods. And I'm not going into those on, on this occasion, um, but we'll come back and do a review of those at a, at a later date in another podcast. But make it easy for people to pay and that will make them a lot happier. Now your guests have booked, they've paid, they're getting excited. They do not want to wait for information to aid them 
in the planning of their vacation. Now, when we went to the Bahamas this uh, f- uh, this January, this past January, the owner sent us a huge package of information the moment that we'd paid our deposit. It really warmed me to the owner because she was sharing knowledge that showed she was an expert in the area and she wanted us to enjoy our time there. It made us feel really confident that we'd we'd found the right place. And the information she supplied was so useful. It was information on on how to go about renting a car, how to go about renting a boat. Uh, It was about the uh, immigration procedure as we came into the Bahamas. So all these things that we might think about was already covered in the information package she sent. So have a look back at the information that you supply to your guests and make sure it's comprehensive, it goes out early, it looks good, it looks attractive. So it shouldn't just be a simple Word document that that just looks like any other Word document. Make it into an attractive PDF, use some clip art or some photographs, nothing that makes a file size too big for downloading. Make it look really, really appealing so when it comes into their inbox and they open it up, they are experiencing immediate excitement and anticipation for their stay. And once you've done that, that document stays with them a long, long time. And they'll go back to it over and over again, further cementing the relationship they have with you as the owner and further increasing their excitement and anticipation in their stay. And it makes the whole experience very, very lengthy. It lasts over time. It's not just the experience of arriving on vacation. This communication you have with them long before they go just makes it even more special and they will remember it. So number five is on uh, uh, frequently asked questions. There will always, always be lots and lots of questions. If you've got mums coming with small children, they're going to ask you questions about how child friendly it is and what they need to bring and what's already supplied. You'll get the questions like, do you have a blender? Now, this could be your group that's, uh, that's the fit and healthy bunch that want to do smoothies in the morning. They might even want to know what make the blender is so that they know how smooth the smoothies are going to be. Questions like how far is the nearest beach? What sort of board games do you have? This is a big clue. Your guests are thinking and planning about their vacation well in advance. So being proactive and thinking of all the questions they might ask can really boost your credibility and their confidence in you. So we have a free download on Cottage Blogger that is a a list of frequently asked questions. And you can download that and it, it just gives you some idea of the questions that we've been asked over the last 10 years in our vacation rental agency. And you can, you know, you can delete whatever, you can add more. But uh, if you produce this document, this frequently asked questions document and send it to them with a really nice note, we're not, we're not saying don't ask any questions, but the note should say, We know you're looking forward to your vacation and you've probably got lots and lots of questions. So we've compiled a list of the questions that are most frequently asked of us with the answers. If you have any more questions at all, just get in touch. This is a very, very powerful document. It it really once again strengthens that relationship and that confidence in you. So have a go at doing that. Now we're getting to the point where people are Uh, traveling to your property. You've created this great environment for them in the pre-planning stage and now they're on the way. Really, really excited. And number six is about directions. 
And it might not seem a big deal. I mean, why should we, you know, we've written the directions. Why should we think that doing this could have an impact on, on a review? Well, in fact, it can have a huge impact if you've got them wrong in any way. So you need to ensure that you have gone to your place and followed the directions that you've given. And imagine that you've never been there before. Or better still, send a friend who's never been there before and see how they experience your directions. Because if you don't do it well, it can deliver a poor review. If there's any ambiguity in the directions or if they have difficulty, however small, in finding the place. The stress that this causes can take a long time to disappear, particularly if they've, if they've actually travelled a long distance. A couple of reviews I read recently. I wish they'd said how rough the road was into the property. We got really scared by it. Another one. There was no sign or house number. We had to rely on the picture that was on the listing and it was so fortunate we brought that with us. Both of those reviews, people had said they had a great time, but it was a pity that the beginning of the vacation was stressful. So just, just go back, check the directions, make sure that uh, they really, really work to get people to the property. So now they've arrived and they're excited. And they want to get in. So how is your entry process? Is it easy? Does the code always work? Do you leave a key under a rock that somebody might have moved? What would happen? Think about what would happen if your guests arrived and didn't have the documents with us. And I say this because we've we've actually done it. We've arrived at a property and realised that we didn't bring the pre-arrival document with us. Unfortunately, we actually remembered that the key was under something in the porchway and spent the first five minutes looking for it. Now, for, for us, that was definitely our fault. This was a long time ago. And ever since then, we started to set our door code to the last four digits of our guest's phone number because that sort of sticks with them. So regardless of what type of entry it is, as long as it's a keypad or a key or a lockbox. If the entry code is the last four digits of your own phone number, it's probably something that's not going to be forgotten. So think about your entry, think about the codes you put, think about where the key is going to be and make sure it, it's easy for them. The one thing I would suggest that you never do is leave a key with a neighbour because often neighbours are out or if you write, let, let's say your flights, the, the, your guest flights are delayed and they arrive late at night. Are they going to find the neighbour? Is the neighbour going to be available to them? So, uh, so that's just something to think about. When you think about guest arrival, just think about all the things that might occur and how stressful it might be if they have difficulty in getting in. So they now walked in, in the door and my point number eight is arrival ambience. You want to hit the senses when they arrive. I've read reviews where people have said when we walked in, there was a really musty smell. When we walked in, it was really cold and it took 15 or 20 minutes to get the heating turned up and, and to feel warm. We didn't take our coats off for the first half hour. That is not how you want your guests to experience their arrival at your property. They want to feel cool in the summer, warm in the winter. They want You want the place to smell good, when they walk in the door, it needs to smell fresh and clean. It does not need to smell of chemical air freshener or bleach or cleaning fluids. So that, that's really something really important to consider. 
I have a very strong sense of smell and I can walk into a property and it's just sometimes it hits me with that freshness. Other times there's undercurrents of toilet cleaner or or even um, the previous guest's last night's curry. So it's really important that your caretaker considers the smell that people might experience when they arrive. Make sure there's some sound. If people walk in and there's some nice music playing on the stereo, it all it, it gives them that really nice ambience. So we're hitting all the senses. We're hitting the feeling senses. We're hitting the uh, the um, auditory sense, the visual sense. The place must look pristine, neat and tidy. And of course, there's taste as well. Now, this takes takes me on to my next uh, next point, which is the welcome gift. But let's hit the taste sense as well by leaving them something that uh, that they can taste. You can't go wrong if you satisfy all your guests' senses on their arrival. And it's really, really easy to do. And I am putting a link to a blog post. Uh, In fact, I'm putting a link to the post I wrote after delivering my presentation at the Home Away Summit on the power of wow, because that talks a lot more about the senses and how we can hook in to our guest senses and create a wonderful welcome for them. So number nine is the is the welcome gift. And it's always great to leave a gift of some some sort, but just make sure it's a nice thoughtful one. You've really thought about them and how they're going to experience that gift. Personally, I always leave a some local produce. We have uh, a local beekeeper who produces the most amazing honey. So I'll leave some honey or some local maple syrup. In the summer, I've gone to the farmer's market and there might be just um, a dozen uh, fresh eggs from the local farm and a pot of basil. Something that that really makes your guests feel that they are really, really welcomed and they have been thought about. A bottle of wine is fine, but not one that anybody can go and pick up at the local supermarket. What, what is, and I've often wondered about that, what is the point in that? If you're going to leave a bottle of wine, then it should be from a local winery and with a leaflet explaining where they can go and find some more or where they can go and do a wine tasting. So please consider the sort of gift you're going to leave. My gifts tend to range in the 10 to $20 range. The, the cost of that is is part of the doing of, of doing the business and it's integrated into the rental rate and the return on the on that investment is in the review. It really is. Where we've been we went to a property in England a number of years ago and it was a little cottage and when we walked in it was it was in the in the spring but it was cool and there was a fire in the fireplace and it was so warm and cozy. We walked into the kitchen and on the table was this array of cupcakes with a bowl of fresh strawberries and some local cream. And it, I, I don't, you know, I can't remember a huge amount more about the place because we, we spent a lot more, we spent a lot of time out of it, more time out of it than we did in it because we were doing a lot of hiking. But I have never forgotten those beautiful cupcakes and the strawberries and cream, which actually lasted us three days. And it was really, really memorable. So have a think about the welcome gift you give because that can have a huge impact. Uh, Number 10 is the welcome letter or a telephone call or the face-to-face meet. People like to feel expected. They like to feel welcomed. When they go to a hotel, they will usually find a message on the TV screen which, which welcomes them these days. 
we, we know it's a keystroke from, from the reception area or from the hotel management to put that message on that says, welcome Heather Bayer to our, our hotel. We hope you have a lovely time. It actually still feels nice. It still feels you, you're expected. But we have much more opportunity in our vacation rentals to really, really welcome people, to really make them feel expected and make them feel welcome. If you can't do a face-to-face meeting, and a lot of people aren't able to do this, and it's completely understandable, then write a personalised welcome letter. And let's go back to the guy at the beginning who was going to have his 50th birthday. It's a birthday card. So the welcome letter for that person would be, happy birthday with his name. We hope you have a wonderful time at our, at our home and that you enjoy your birthday. And of course, your, your welcome gift is going to complement that as well. And in your welcome letter, you, you also say, if you've got any issues, please let us know. We want you to have the best time possible. So here's our telephone numbers or here's a number of a caretaker. If you need any information on any tourist information, this is where you find it. So the letter doesn't have to be hugely long, but it's, it's making them feel that they are really welcome. What I do with my guests at my property is make a short phone call to them, usually about four or five hours after we expect them to arrive. And it's a quick phone call that just says, hi, how was your journey? Did you get in okay? Is everything as you expected? And 9.9 times out of 10, we get the, oh my goodness, it was fabulous. We love it here. Uh, Even to the point last year that uh, that we called and a guy answered the phone and he said, my wife was in tears as we walked in the door. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what whatever happened? And he said, she thought it was so, it was the most beautiful place she'd ever been to. And I love that. And in fact, that telephone call is, it actually makes us feel really, really good because we know we've done a really, really good job. It also gives them that opportunity to ask the questions that that may have arisen during their first couple of hours. And it's quite often, you know, when they're doing the exploring and uh, they, they think that they're missing something or, or they've tried to turn the TV on or something and it hasn't quite worked. And it gives them all those opportunities to ask that question. So I thoroughly recommend that uh, initial phone call. If you can't do it, educate your caretaker to do the call and, and to be responsive to any questions they might have. It's a really good tip. Number 11 is the cleanliness, the natural freshness. And just going back to that, you know, the, the, the smell, Sm- smells do impact on people. So it must be fresh, clean. And once they're in the property, they start exploring and clean is the first thing they look for. And it, it could be things like window frames. Are there bugs in the window frames? They want to be really, really happy. They want to to know that they've chosen the right place, but they also tend to be looking around for not necessarily things to complain about, but things that that might bother them in some way. So if you can ensure that the place is spotlessly clean, you're not going to have any impact in that way. Number 12 is ensuring the property is just as described, and that should go without saying. If you've said it's really private and they arrive and there's neighbours to either side with dogs barking and and it's noisy, you've got an immediate impact that this property is 
not as described. There's an expression in the industry which is called SNAD, S-N-A-D, significantly not as described. And that is the basis of a lot of complaints in reviews. So it's worthwhile going back to your listing and and looking at it and saying, is this 100% honest? Does this really say what our property's like? Number 13 is about comfort. You'll probably have a lot of bed jumpers, bed testers. People arrive, they've done this, wander around the property. They're looking to see that it's as described. They're looking for cleanliness. They are going in every cupboard and every drawer, by the way. They won't miss out on that. Uh, you've opened up your property to them. So unless you have locked cupboards and and drawers that are somehow uh, secured, your guests will explore every single cupboard and every single drawer. So never forget that. If you've got a junk drawer or if, if you have any of your own belongings in drawers, make sure they're locked. Unless you want your guests knowing what your underwear size is. At least I'm hoping you're not leaving that sort of personal effect in your in your vacation rental. It has been known. So uh, that's, that's just a, a little aside there. But bed jumping, people do... We'll, we'll go in and they will test the beds. After all, they're going to spend a lot of time in those beds. They want to make sure they're comfortable. Make sure that your mattresses are up to date. They are, they're not sagging in any way. This is something you should do at the beginning of every season and check mid-season as well. It's amazing what can happen with uh, with beds if you've got supports in the middle underneath the bed. And I've, I've seen this in some of the um, pine bed frames that they have just a small piece of wood supporting the centre of the bed. You need to check out the beds frequently, sit on them, lie on them, even jump on them, because that's what your guests are going to do. And if those beds aren't comfortable, you will get a poor review, because sleep is so important on vacation. Okay, now your, your guests have arrived, they've explored, they've jumped on the beds, they've opened every drawer and cupboard, and they're now checking out the amenities. They know what they've got because it was all in the listing. The amenities you have impacts on their enjoyment and the more amenities, the happier guests will be, particularly if it rains. You need to make sure your Wi-Fi works as advertised. That's, that's a big, big area of complaint. People go on vacation now and they want to have fast Wi-Fi. They want to have it just as it is at home. And even if you're in a rural area, that they're not going to be happy if it's really slow, unless they've been told beforehand. So just check back to what you tell them in the pre-arrival information. If your Wi-Fi is a little bit slower than the, than what, they're ex- what they would experience in the city, then let them know. Then they are pre-warned and it won't bother them anywhere near so much. As I say, the more amenities, the happier your guests will be. If you have, uh, if you're on water, then the more watercraft there are, the better they'll, the, the happier they'll be. We went when we went to the Bahamas. There were a couple of kayaks. There was a little sailboat. There were paddle boards. There were all sorts of water toys. That made us very, very happy. And although it was well, it, it was expected because we had seen it all in the listing. It was very nice to see it all there. So, and it's you know, it's things like laundry services, making sure that you've got a decent washer dryer that it looks like they're going to work. I've been in some places where the dryers look like they're they're 30 years old and they're rusted. It it has quite an impact when somebody opens a laundry room door 
and the appliances are pretty ancient. It can bring down their perception of the rest of the property. So they've checked out just about everything in the property and then join their vacation and a problem arises. And this brings me to my point number 14. Problems need to be dealt with promptly and efficiently because regardless of how well everything has gone up until then, if a problem comes up and it's not dealt with, all the goodwill can be wiped out in a couple of hours. So let me give you an example. Let's say the power goes out and when it comes back on, the water, if, if, if you're living in an area like, if your property's in an area like ours is, we have a water pump and it's electric. And often when the power goes out, when, it, uh, when it's finally restored, the pump doesn't come back on. It needs a flick of a switch uh, to get it back up and running. Or let's say the water stops for some reason. And th this actually happened to us in the Bahamas this year. We got up one morning, we'd had a power outage the day before and the water wasn't running. It took us actually took us four hours to get somebody to acknowledge that we had the problem. It wasn't the owner's fault. It was simply that the caretaker had um, had switched his phone off and had forgotten to switch it back on again. But we were there in the property, which we absolutely loved. And right up until then, we've been having the most fabulous time. But now we're in there, a family with an 18 month old with no water and it seemed no one we could get in touch with. It was eventually resolved. And certainly during the day, once once we got in touch with the caretaker, it was very, very quickly resolved. But if a problem is not dealt with promptly and, efficient, and efficiently, it can have a real impact on the overall view of the property. So so that that is just primary. Make sure everything is in place. And I'm putting a link in the show notes to a post I wrote about dealing with problems and about uh, doing a brainstorm about all the things that could go wrong and preparing a troubleshooting guide for yourself. We call it the uh, the troubleshooting Bible so that every potential issue is, is covered. Number 16 is uh, entertainment and having a lot of entertainment for your, for your guests because it actually does rain on vacation. Poor weather does happen on vacation, even in the most beautiful of areas. So I'm just going to touch on one thing here. When we went to Costa Rica a couple of years ago, actually, there wasn't any bad weather while we were there. But the one thing they had was a cupboard that was absolutely jam-packed full of paperbacks. And there were some really up-to-date ones. And I was so impressed with that. And I, you know, we were reading the latest John Grisham and it had only come out a couple of weeks before. And I was just so impressed with this. So just having a lot of really nice books, paperbacks of all genres, children's books, that sort of thing, that, that will make your guests really happy. So number 17 is about your property manual and the information you provide. I see reviews that say there was so much information on the local area. It was great. The owner had all the restaurant reviews so we could we could select which, which restaurant we went to. We really enjoyed having the list of the local beaches we could go to. It was great to know where we could walk the dog and where we couldn't. This is just so important, having a really, really good manual that shares everything you know about the area. Don't expect your guests to arrive and then spend may, maybe only a week or maybe only a few days having to find out themselves about 
what they can do, the activities they can do, where they can go, what they can see. Create a great manual, neatly tabbed and indexed. So you, know, you might have a tab for restaurants, have a tab for beaches, uh, have one for um, activities, zip lines, that sort of thing. Include pricing, include telephone numbers. Just make it so comprehensive. It's your guide to creating a great vacation for your guests and they really will remember it. Number 18 is one that's really close to my heart because I I love, love, love to cook. So it's about kitchen equipment. And and I'm actually about to change all the pans finally at Osprey Cottage and for for years. And I don't know why I've done it. I've gone nonstick. And really, nonstick pans just don't have a place in a vacation rental apart from uh, fry pans, which should be changed out probably every couple of months because people will use metal utensils in them and they will get scratched and and really not look very good in a very short space of time. So I'm changing out all my pots and pans to really good um, stainless steel. That That's something that, that I know is going to make a real difference for my guests. But think about the, um, the small appliances you have, are they good quality? Are there enough bowls, casserole dishes, serving dishes? Be aware that guests choose a vacation rental because they want to cook. They want to self-cater. Otherwise, they just go to a hotel or a resort where there was a restaurant on site where they didn't have to do any of this. One of the reasons they've chosen your place is because they're going to use the kitchen. So the kitchen should be really, really well equipped. And the best review you can get is one that says the kitchen was better equipped than my own home. I love that one. And that just moves me on to 19, which is which I've just called the little extras. And it's all those additional things that that really make a place stand out. For me, you know, when I go to a vacation rental and it, it sounds so simple, but I love to have a really nice salad bowl, not a tacky old wooden one, but a nice ceramic, colourful bowl that I can make a, a beautiful salad in. Because when when we eat, we want the table to look really nice. And I just love putting out this, this crisp green salad and this lovely salad bowl. So that that's just me. Think about the little extras you can offer to your guests. Learn from your guests. Every time your guests have left, is, and I'm going to cover this off in a, in a, a, towards the end of these tips, ask your guests, is there anything that would have made your stay even better? And often that will deliver the information you need for those little extras. It could be something like a pizza cutter, an ice cream scoop. It could be a better garlic press. I don't know. You don't have to have a huge amount of gadgets, but make sure that everything is there that your guests might need. Number 20 goes back to my experience, uh, the the last um, two vacations, in fact, where we've gone with Mike and Andrea and uh, and Aria. So the first the first one we went to Eleuthera in 2013, she was nine months old. And then, of course, this year she was 18 months. So I've had a couple of experiences having a small child around a vacation rental. So child friendliness is really important. And there's, there's just a few things. It's, it's a big issue and and certainly warrants its its own blog post. 
And, and in fact, if you go back to the earlier podcast I did with Wendy Shand of Tots to Travel in the UK, you'll find a lot of tips there because Wendy is an absolute, the biggest expert in the industry on family-friendly vacations. So if you want to ensure that you have a child-friendly property, check out that podcast with, when, with Wendy. But my couple of, uh, the couple of things that I love to see in a, in a vacation rental when I'm vacationing with a child is cupboard stops, the, um, the things that you can put in a cupboard and will prevent little fingers from opening them and getting into the cupboards. Socket protectors so that little fingers don't get into those um, electrical sockets, which they do. They're, they're, they're poking their fingers in everything. Having a baby gate available. I mean, parents don't want to have their vacation, spend their vacation continuously worried about their children, about what they're getting into and what they could possibly damage, either damage the property or damage themselves. So check out that podcast with Wendy. You'll probably find a lot of useful information there. Number 21 is about pet friendliness. Your pet owners will absolutely love you if you welcome their pooch and they won't like the long, a long list of rules. If you're going to be pet friendly, then the real wor- word you should think about is the friendly one, not pet tolerant. If you're only going to be pet tolerant, then it really is not worth accepting pets at all. I speak from experience. If I was going to a vacation rental where I didn't have to fly, I would be taking my black lab, Holly. I want her to be just as welcome as I am. In my own properties, I leave a pet pack for my guests and it has uh, it has a temporary dog tag. It has a frisbee, a tennis ball, a bunch of old towels so they can wipe feet before the dogs come back in if they've been swimming. There's some plastic dog bowls. In fact, there's a ton of stuff. I'll put a link to a video uh, that I did a couple of years ago about being pet friendly. Take a look at that because uh, there's there's some good information. And you can also check out my Holly as well. Number 22 is something that happened at the Vine House or something we, we found at the Vine House when we were there, which I thought was a fantastic idea. And that was a card in the guest book that asked guests to write a review while they were there. It showed the link to the home away and their TripAdvisor listings and and suggested that on their last day, people might like to write a review of their stay. And it was, I, I'm going to post a, a, a link to that or Mike might even put up a, um, the actual image of it that you can enlarge. But it was a great touch it got me on the last day. I thought, oh, right, I must write this review before we leave. And when people write a review, when they're already in a place and they've had a great time, you are going to get a much better one than one maybe where they've got home and they start thinking that the weather wasn't as good and it would have been nice if, and you may not get that five-star review if you leave it till they've they've got home and they're having a little reflection because often the weather does impact on, on what people will say. So people are now leaving. So the last thing they're doing is following the checkout procedures. So number 23 is about not making their last morning of vacation a worry or a chore. Make the checkout really easy for them. 
Most guests will leave the place looking good, you know. There's always going to be some that don't, some that don't follow your minimal checkout list, which is what it should be. But, you know, it all balances out. And the checkout list should really only say, please leave the kitchen counters clear and put everything in the dishwasher. You can ask them to strip off the beds. I just say now, just fold back the beds so we know which beds have been used. I don't even want my guests to start stripping off beds. They wouldn't have to do it in a hotel. So why should they do it in my vacation home? I don't ask them to do any cleaning whatsoever. I just really want them to enjoy their last morning of vacation and just walk out feeling they've had a great time, not walk out thinking, I really wish I hadn't had to spend the last morning uh, cleaning. And that goes for, I'm now on to number 24, which is garbage disposal. I know in some areas, some rural areas, and this particularly happens in our own area in Ontario, where uh, owners do ask their guests to take their garbage to a local dump. And that's, that's actually fair. They know this at the start, that they've got to do that. It's because there is no collection service and often the dumps are not, they're, they're open infrequently. So provided that, that guests have been forewarned that this is something that they'll need to do and, and usually we suggest that they take it the day before they leave or the day, day before that, it's okay for them to leave one or, or at most two bags of garbage um, when they leave on their final morning. Um, but in general... Uh, there'll be some sort of garbage pickup. A caretaker will pick up the garbage. So just make sure that garbage disposal instructions are really, really clear and that guests know how to recycle if there is recycling and that there are boxes left for them to do that. And also instructions as to where they should leave the garbage. Again, in our area, we can't have garbage left left outside because of, of bears and raccoons and any other wildlife that uh, that really love the garbage that's left outside. So just make sure that that the instructions are really, really clear for garbage disposal uh, at checkout. So that's their vacation over and we hope they've had the most amazing time and they are going to write the most amazing review for you, which is going to be so valuable because people are going to look at that review and really, really want to come. So just to make sure you've covered off every aspect of it a day or so after your guests have got home it's a really nice idea to send them a quick note to ask if their trip back was good and thank them for choosing your place and for being such great guests if you take a damaged deposit this may be maybe the time that uh, that you uh, return their damaged deposit as well I know that some owners will keep a damaged deposit for longer because they've got maybe telephone bills and maybe they want to make sure there's no internet um, overage. But uh, in in general, you may want to just return that straight away. I have to say on the subject of damaged deposits, I'm I'm quite strong on this one. We don't take them. In the last 10 years of renting out up to six properties, we've only ever made one claim on a damaged deposit. I've just found that people don't, you know, that they are generally respectful. And and if there was some damage, if it was significant enough to charge them for it, then we would be in touch with them and telling them what, what had happened and the fact that we wanted some uh, recompense for it. But that's that's just me. That's how I feel about it. 
Well, that's my 25 tips, my 25 ways to getting a five-star review. Why don't you go to the show notes, check them out, see how many of them you can cover off already that you know that you do. And then for the rest, put an action plan in place and uh, work towards making sure that, uh, that you've got every aspect covered. That is it for today. I'm going to wrap this up and, uh, and I shall be heading off a little bit later on to meet my new granddaughter for the very first time, which is really, really exciting. I'll be back next week with, with an interview. Not quite sure who it is at the moment. I've, I've got a couple I'm recording early next week. So I, what I do know is that we have some amazing people lined up for uh, interviews, everything from Twitter experts to Instagram experts to um, uh, property managers who are doing a fantastic job. Or, and, uh, and we're going to start a new series on expert owners. So keep listening. I love the fact that, uh, that we're getting so many downloads and I really would love it if you could comment if you're enjoying the podcast. So for now, thank you so much. 